With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Lord, we want to thank you. All the things you have done for us. Lord, we want to pray. You have been so good. God has been good. All the time. God has been so good all of the
Greetings, saints. Once again, in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm Apostle Robert Bryan, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide, Kenton, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of The Word. Where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. We will bless the Lord at all times. His praises will continue to be in our mind. Amen, amen. The Lord bless your children of God. We want to greet each of you once again in the mighty and glorious name of our soon coming King, Jesus Christ. We thank God for the privilege, the honor to be able to come together. Thank him once again for his graciousness. I want to thank him once again, for his provision, his protection. Let me tell you something, children of God. You're not going to thank God too much. You're not going to thank God too much. He has done too, too many great things to us, through us, and for us. Just being alive, you, you could spend the rest of your life thanking God for just being alive. Now, somebody say, our apostles. Things not going quite like I want them to go. Well, the question you have to ask yourself, are you thanking God enough? A lot of times how things go in our life is a result of the proportion in which we appreciate God in our life. You mess around and don't appreciate God enough in your life, and I guarantee you things not going to go like you want them to go. Get in the habit of just thanking God, just thanking God, just thanking God. Little bitty stuff that you can think of, thank God for it. Stuff that don't see, because whatever seems little and insignificant to you is huge to somebody else. Whatever, whatever it is that seems little and insignificant to you, it is huge to somebody else. 
for those of you worshiping with us, you know we are working on our most recent topic entitled Everybody's Growing. For the good, for the bad, for the right or wrong, you're growing out there, one direction or another. Capital A in our outline and your salvation. This is where God wants us to grow. First Peter 2 and 2, 2 Peter 3.18. Capital B, worse and worse. Some folk is growing worse and worse. First, Second Timothy 3.13, First Kings 17 and 17. Capital C, in wisdom. God also wants you and I to grow in wisdom. Luke 2.52, Ephesians 3 and 10. Capital D in our outline, church growth. Church growth. Now, now we're getting ready to learn some things here because a lot of people don't really understand what church growth is. They think it's just having more and more folk coming. But the Bible done told you that because of the increase in wickedness in the last days, the love of most will wax cold. The Bible said in the last days there'll be a great falling away. Great falling away from the faith. Now, does that mean that churches are, 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 are decreasing? Not necessarily. And you're going to find out in a little while. Not necessarily. See, sometime in order for a tree to grow right, it got to be pruned. That means cutting away some of the nonsense. See, sometimes you got nonsensical folk in the church. Folk that won't never there for the right reason. Folk were always, that was always there to, looking for a hustle or looking for that. Sometimes you got to cut away. Jesus preached a sermon in John chapter 6, and most of his disciples turned to left him. But yet, the body of Christ grew. Sometimes you've got to cut away stuff in the body so that the body will grow right. In the natural, how many times have we seen tumors had to be cut out in folk right here at the Christian Center? We had individuals right here at the Christian Center church with a tumor so big had them looking like they were pregnant. Doctors at the hospital said they, that was the largest tumor they had ever removed from, from our local hospital, ever. So that you can grow and develop right. Some folk are like tumors. Some folk are like festering sores. Some folk are like gangrene in the body of Christ. And in order for the body to grow right, sometimes these characters, if they won't get rehabilitated, they won't get fixed up, they won't get right, sometimes they got to be cut away for the church to grow right. Church growth. Acts 16 and 5. Acts chapter 16 and 5. From the New International Version, Scripture, scripture simply reads, So the church, churches, were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Once again, Acts 16, verse 5. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Capital D in our outline, church growth. Church growth. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, bless us tonight, Father. Speak to us. Reveal something to us. Show us something. Open our eyes tonight. Lead us and guide us in your paths of righteousness. For your name's sake, we will forever praise you. Save us soul tonight, Father, and let your perfect, good, pleasing, and perfect will be done in someone's life tonight. And we'll give you all glory, all the honor, and all the praise belongs to you. These and all other blessings we count done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let God's people say amen. Acts chapter 16. Right after Acts chapter 15. Say, Apostle, that's no big revelation. Uh, 16 always come after 15. Yeah, but what went on in chapter 15 is what set the stage for what went on in Acts chapter 16. Now, we got to go back to Acts chapter 15 so you can get you a little understanding of, 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 of what we're getting ready to get into. 
Because in Acts chapter 15, you had problems in the church. Now, now we're getting on into something here, because this is, this, is, this is a message for, 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 for mature folk here. The church got problems, too. Some of you all understand my voice. You think, you know, the church ain't got no problems. The church got problems. Why? Because the church is made up of imperfect. What well, one of the things say you is in there. I'm in here. And since I got problems and you got problems and we got problems and we in the church, then the church going to have problems. The church is made just like marriages have problems. Why? You got two imperfect beings in a perfect institution. You got marriages, two imperfect beings. In a perfect institution. First of all, let me deal with you. Me. I, we got problems as individual Christians. You say, Apostle, how are you going to say that? Because you got two entities at work right within us. You got the new nature and you got the old nature. You got the nature of Christ and you still got that nature of flesh and Satan and fall, and these two natures right in us are content. First, what is it? We're, uh, Galatians 5 and 16. Apostle Paul says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. We got conflict right within ourselves. The new me want to do right. The new me want to live for God. The new me and the old me is saying, forget all that nonsense, man. You better get your freak on just as hard and fast as you can. What is this all about? In me. The new me is saying amen to the word of God. The old, man, the old me is saying, forget that stuff, man. Ain't nobody trying to hear that? Right within me. Some of you all, you're starting to get the picture, ain't you? Some of you have been thinking it's only you. No, it's all of us. Mm-hmm. Somebody got a revelation. Somebody, right now, some, I'm feeling in the spirit, somebody just received a breakthrough. Because you've been wondering, is it only me? The Pope, one of the things say the Pope, too. We got a conflict in us. I ain't even going into your wife. I ain't even going into your husband. I ain't even going into your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your aunts, your uncles, your, your wife's people. Your husband's people, I'm dealing with the conflict right here. We're about done tonight. Well, huh? What you say? That's the sermon right there. The conflict within. Put that down. I'm going to have to preach that. I might preach that next. I hope I don't have to. The saints are saying I might have to emergency fly to, to South Africa tomorrow. We'll see. But put that. I hope I get a chance to preach that, either from here or from there. The conflict, what? Within. Well, then you got, you know, now, 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 now watch this now, because God be having all kinds of, God said, Robert, you got to deal with this for a little bit. And I want that fixed up there. We got a problem in there. Some of the wallpaper in the church is coming down. Yeah. All right. God got all kind of perfect institutions for us. Salvation is a perfect institution. But it, it got imperfect individuals that's filling it up. <laughs> Marriage is a perfect institution. But you go get your husband and wife, you got imperfect individuals filling it up. The family, the family, perfect, perfect. It was intended, you know, originally, but you got imperfect individuals. The church is a perfect institution. 
but you got imperfect individuals filling it up. So wherever you have imperfect individuals filling something up, you're going to have problems with that. That's why we got problems in salvation, because there's still the, the sinful flesh. There's still sinful beings in salvation or individuals that commit sin in salvation. Why we got problems in marriage? Because we still got two imperfect husband, two imperfect uh, man and an imperfect woman. Why we got problems in the family? Because we got imperfect children, imperfect parents, imperfect. Why we got problems in the church? Because we got imperfect families, imperfect marriages, imperfect people. So where, no matter how wonderful the institution is, it's always keep in mind it's the folk in the institution that cause the problems, not the institution. There's nothing wrong with the church other than the folk that's in it. There's nothing wrong with the family. You think your family is crazy? No, it ain't that. It's just the folk that's in your family is crazy. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with marriage. It's just the folk that make up the marriage. There's nothing wrong with your salvation. It's just that, 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 that us in us that is a part of the salvation. So just, just keep that in mind. There were problems in the what? Church. Acts chapter 15. And we're just going to touch briefly on the problem here. The main problem, and that, that is what sets us up for Acts 17. The Bible says in verse 1, certain people came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the believers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. Judaizers, legalists. Let me let me make it plain for you. False teachers. You say apostle with me. Anytime you teaching stuff that's not true, you are false teachers. Now you you whether you doing it by accident, whether you doing it by ignorance, or whether you are willfully misleading people, when you teaching teaching stuff that is not in line with the truth of the gospel, you are false teachers because you that's falsehood. Now, that's, that's, that's similar, and you had some folk that was really believing this real, real strong. That's similar to folk that's out teaching folk today. Unless you give a tithe of your money to the church, you're going to be cursed with some kind of curse. It's false teaching. Tithing was never instructed on money. Nowhere in Scripture. Nowhere. False teaching. Well, we, we got to call it what it is. Paul had to stand up to this, even though these were some influential individuals. These individuals had a large following. I mean, this, this, this teaching was of such a magnitude that the, that the leaders in the church had to get together and discuss this thing. They had to, they had to come up with some tangible, some, they had to come up with, they had to hear from God on this, because this right here was causing a serious rift in the body of Christ, in the church. They were teaching this thing hard. And strong. You must, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. Now, the danger in this was the, the danger of trying to mix uh, 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 the law with faith. It's one or the other. You can't be mixing them. Oh, man, you remember some years ago I brought down a container with oil and water. No matter how I shook them together. God had given me a parable once for the for the congregation. I brought down, put a container with some oil and some water in it. And I brought it down here and shook it, shook it, shook it, shook it. No matter how much I shook it, shook it, shook it. Oil went right back with the oil. 
water, went right back with the water. They wouldn't mix. They just wouldn't mix. So it is when it comes down to the law and faith. They won't mix. It's either or. Either you are under the law or you are up under faith and grace. It's one or the other. The law was put in effect to lead us to grace, to lead us to Christ. Now that faith has come, now that Christ done come, lived, bled, died, rose again from the dead, ascended on high, and it's coming again, we are no longer under supervision of the law. Don't be trying to make In other words, God said, don't be trying to mix them now. The law served this purpose. The law served this function to bring you to Christ. Are you to Christ? Yes. Then the law is done. In regards to trying to bring you closer to God. Now, we understand that the law is still saying some good things to lawbreakers and to sinners and for those who murder their mother and murder their fathers and over the law still saying to But as far as bringing you closer to God, the law does not serve that purpose anymore. Well, these false teachers, Judaizers, legalists, whatever you call them, they're saying you can't be saved. The Bible says in verse 2, this brought Paul and Barnabas into a sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. Oh, I know some of you understand my voice. You don't hear me telling y'all that tithing never had nothing to do, that there's no scripture nowhere that, that, that support tithing on money. Nowhere in the Bible. I know some of you don't run to your little pastors and run to your little whatever else try to get some clarity on that situation because it has, has disturbed you. And I know exactly what they did. Did a lot of explaining, but not, not one scripture to support tithing on money. I know what they did because I know what friends of mine have done. About 30 to 40 of them. No scripture. I've asked them, give me one scripture, Doc, that say we need to tithe on money. Can't get no scripture. I'll get some explaining. See, you need to understand there's a difference between men's explaining and God's Scripture. Bible said they went up, they had to go, they had to, to go and see the apostles and the elders about this question. Church sent them on their way. And as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the believers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and elders to whom they reported everything that God had done through them. A lot of times you hear me talking about things that God has done to us, through us, and for us. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. So here is, here is, a, here is this dangerous heresy that's starting to try and take root in the body of Christ, in the early church. You had these men that had come down, or these people that was coming down from Judea with this nonsensical teaching. They was teaching it. Then when Paul and Barnabas went to see the other apostles, Peter and all of them, the Pharisees, individuals that who had belonged to the Pharisee party, they jumped up and started teaching and proclaiming this same nonsense. So what you got is this nonsense that has gotten into the hearts and minds of different individuals. Some of these individuals were very influential. And see, this is why you need Paul-spirited individuals in the church. See? Paul-spirited individuals, they don't care nothing about how long you, who, how, what your title is, and 
and how impressed how impressed folk are by you and how many you got in your Paul spirit individuals. They are individuals, and you need to write this down. They are individuals. The only thing they are concerned with is the sanctity and the purity and the truth of the word of God. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. All spirited individuals, they ain't tripping off no great big large congregation. They ain't tripping off your whole lot of honorariums. They ain't tripping off whether you pleased with them. Thank God, because if it wasn't for some Paul-spirited individuals in the church, you would have all kinds of nonsense and whimsical nonsense in, in churches. Paul-spirited individuals help keep, the, help keep the body of Christ on the straight and what? Narrow. We thank God for Paul-spirited individuals. Put that down. Put that down. Now, now you say, Apostle, what do you mean by Paul's spirit? It's just, a, it's just a, you know, just like we talk about the spirit of Jezebel. We talk about the spirit of Elijah. We talk about the spirit of Ahab. We're just talking about a, 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 a spirit that has an inclination for certain things. Jezebel-spirited individuals, they have an inclination for rebellion. They have an inclination for not wanting to take their rightful place. A lot of times we speak of women with the spirit of Jezebel, but remember, spirit of jumping on man just like it is jumping a woman. Your man can have the spirit of Jezebel just like a woman can. Spirit don't care whether you're a man or a woman. You know, when you talk about the Elijah-spirited individuals, these are that's very similar to Paul-spirited individuals, individuals that will stand firm in their generation with all kinds of opposition, with all kinds of craziness being preached and taught, with all kinds of uh, intimidation tactics by the adversary, Paul and Elijah-spirited men and women will stand firm for the truth of the gospel, truth of the word, whether you like them or don't, whether you go to their, whether you come to their church or not. That's your business. Whether you tune in or whether you turn off your, your television or turn off your computer, that's your business. Paul, thank God. Paul, Elijah, spirit, individual. Here, the Pharisee party stood up, said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. And after much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart and showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? No! We believe it is through grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved just as they are. The Bible says the whole assembly became silent. Peter-spirited individuals too. Peter, Paul, Elijah, these individuals stand up and shut up the nonsense. Folk be coming in with all kind of funky teachings. Folk be coming in with all kind of funky beliefs. Get a whole lot of folk running behind them. Whole lot of folk hollering amen. Whole lot of normally ignorant jokers. Because that's normally the characters that will get behind some nonsense and run with it real strong. Ignorant jokers. Misled jokers. Deceived jokers. But Peter, Peter's spirit too. We can throw Peter, Peter, Paul, spirit, Elijah, spirit. Peter got up and showed the hypocrisy of 
the argument. See, and if you got the spirit of God in you, you when when the hypocrisy of your argument is revealed, you because the Holy Spirit in you, you're supposed to be able to say, yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it right there. Might ain't all the way where God wants you to be. Ain't might ain't quite got it done, but that, that's true. That's that's true right now. Bible says the whole assembly became what silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling them about the signs and wonders God had done among them, among the Gentiles through them. When they finished, James spoke up, brothers. He said, "Listen to me. Simon has described to us how God first intervened to choose a people for His name from the Gentiles." Words of the prophets are in agreement with this, and it is written. After this, I will rebuild, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it, that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord. Who does these things? Things known from long ago. Listen to what he says in verse 19. It is in my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Shouldn't make it difficult. See, salvation is, is supposed to is to supposed to lighten folks' burden, not increase folks' burden. Jesus said, Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? More more work to do? What do you say? I will give you rest. James and Peter and Barnabas and Paul, they are in line with the Spirit of God. Those five members of the Pharisee party, those certain individuals that came down to Antioch, they were off. And it takes men and women who are on to uh, 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 correct those who are off. Now, what you have to keep in mind, children of God, we can't get off to try to bring them on. We got to stay on. And God is flashing a couple of things in my mind. The prodigal son's father. He didn't leave home to go get that boy. No, he stayed right home. Somebody got to stay home and take care of all this that we had worked for. Somebody got to stay here. Somebody got to stay here with sense. When you done lost your mind and you out there throwing away all the money and, and, and wasting stuff, that you could be right here helping build up your father's work, but you done run off somewhere. Go ahead, don't do, do the Father said, I'm going to stay right here. He didn't, the father didn't go off because the son went off. Somebody has got to stay and hold down the what? Hold down the fort. So we got to stay on while the world finished spinning and finished their peewee great adventure and finished their all other getting beat by God, getting beat by the devil, going there. Just this whole whole, this whole, we got to stay on point. Barnabas, Paul, Peter, uh, who was this here? James, which was the Lord's brother, they stayed on. They stayed on track with the Holy Spirit. Now, God is flashing something else in my spirit. Many years ago, about 12, 13 years ago, you know, uh, a lot of the young people, when I got the revelation that it's men that need to be bringing up children, according to the scripture, Ephesians chapter chapter 6, you know, I know a lot of us as men have been shuffling the responsibility off to women. For, for centuries and decades, just as backwards as they come, the Bible words say, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Fathers, not women, nowhere. 
Oh, Apostle, you're getting deep. Well, I mean, that's for another sermon. When I got that revelation, what we would do, I had all of the, the, the saints that were with us bring the, the little children with me. They would come. I'm full-time ministry. So I had little children early in the day, be teaching them how to read, teaching them scriptures, teaching them little words, whooping hind part, everything else that go along with raising children. But what what happened, uh, had children, teaching them discipline, tell them to line up, little children, line right on up. I had no whole lot of foolishness. Why? Because your hind part get whooped. You, you understand that. It's a lot different from a lot of these little public schools out there where a lot of the devils and stuff done got in, tell you, can't, don't beat children, all, all this kind of nonsense that ain't in line with the Word of God. Little children line up. Tell them line up. Well, sometimes, and in fact, we got one young man here right here. He would be the main culprit. Wouldn't be in line. All the other little children would line up from the smallest to the tallest. And this one used to be the smallest. Well, the second smallest one was uh, one of the other little children in the ministry. What she would do sometimes would come out of line to go and get him. Come on, little so-and-so, come on, get back in line. And what I would have to, I had to tell her is that I said, look, uh, uh, little such-and-such, don't you get out of line to go get him. I said, because if I've given the command to line up, even if you out of line trying to get him, when I come in, all I see is you out of line. So I'm going to whoop him, and I'm going to whoop you. Uh, yes, Pastor. I said, what you do is you stay in line, and you call him. Come on, uh, uh, such and such. You, come on, get in line. And then if he come get in line, all well and good. If he don't, then I just come in and whoop him. You don't have to get whooped. You say, Apostle, what you driving at? You and I, children of God, I respond, we got to stay in line. Or God's going to what? Get us. The world might not be trying to line up. The world might be wanting to try to do another thing. God done told us to line up in our marriages, line up in our families, line up in our church, line up and line up. God ain't trying to hit us in the little world, but let them be spinning and twirling all right. Let God come back and whoop the world and catch us in line. My prayer for you on the sound of my voice, you be in line. Like God say, God's word is given to us to keep us what? Oh, y'all done got quiet on me, man. I need to close this message quiet as y'all is over there. God's word is giving us to keep us in line. Don't we? We don't get off the word. Paul, Peter, or uh, uh, Barnabas, or uh, James, uh, we don't get off the word because of this. This here, what y'all is talking about? Instead, look at verse twenty. We should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, abstain from sexual immorality. And abstain from meat that's been that of strangled animals and from blood. For the law of Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times, and it's read in the synagogues on on every Sabbath. People know what people know what Moses Moses is saying. But we are teaching Christianity. We are teaching faith in Jesus Christ. Well, the law of Moses, uh, folk, if folk folk want that, let them go to the synagogue. In fact, in, in, in Jerusalem, the, the law of Moses is still being taught. Because you got a lot of characters there that didn't accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah. That still don't accept. The law of Moses is still being taught. And if that's what you want, go ahead and run with that. But we're teaching, we're teaching Christianity. We're teaching the next move of God. Christianity is the next move of God. The law of Moses was an old move of God. That's why it's Old Testament. Jesus Christ, New Testament. New move of God. Now, 
this is what was going on. So the apostles and the elders, they got that matter straightened out. Now going down to verse 16, let's get ready. Uh, let's go to chapter 16. Let's get ready to close this. Verse 1, Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now, he circumcised him not because that was bringing him any closer to God, but he circumcised him to keep down what? Some confusion. Sometimes we do stuff. Now, the Bible doesn't say it's a sin to be one of the things it's saying stumbling block. That's a good word. Some of the times we do stuff not because, not because, or we don't do stuff not because it's a sin, but to keep you from tripping. To keep those who, who, who don't have a revelation from getting offended. Paul knew that circumcision didn't have anything to do with relationship with God. But he also knew that not being circumcised would have your mouth poked out. Would have you, would have you, uh, his good being evil spoken of. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decision reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people obey. Watch this. So the churches were strengthened in the faith. Now, we're talking about church growth, and we can ready to close right here. There's two ways a church can grow. Most of you all know the first way, seeing more people coming in. That's, that's, the, that's most of the way when people think of the church growing, most people think, man, we, we started with 20 members. Now we got 30 members. We is growing. Uh-huh. That's that's true. Your numbers are growing. That's true. Okay? But the second way, which is really even more important, is that the believers that are there are being strengthened. See, because just because we got more people, that don't mean that we're getting strengthened. That just means we got more people. Sometimes you can lose people, God says, and the church grow. Lose people. Because what church growth is really all about is individuals being strengthened in their faith. Now, ideally, when you got individuals being strengthened in their faith, and more people are coming, that's ideal. That's, that's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. But the main thing is making sure that individuals are growing in grace and in the knowledge of their Lord and Savior. Because if, if nobody else ever comes in and, and, and the people that are there are getting strengthened, then the church is growing. Might not look like it to the natural eye, but the question is, has God told us to walk by sight or to walk by faith. Now, you, you, if you're looking at your church and you're saying, we got more people, we growing, we got more people, we growing, or are you looking at your church saying, look, the people, I, I'm increasing in my knowledge. I'm increasing in my wisdom. 
I'm increasing in my understanding. Because if you can, if the Holy Ghost revealed to you that that's what's happening, ask the Lord. Is the church you in, are you increasing in your knowledge of God? Are you increasing in your understanding of God? Are you increasing in your wisdom of God? Because if the answer to that is yes, then that church is growing. If don't nobody come in the door. If don't another car ever fill the parking lot. Because if you in a church and you growing, that church is growing. Why? Because you growing and you were part of the church. If you strengthen one brick in a brick wall, you have strengthened the wall. Now, you might put more bricks there and strengthen the wall. That's a way of strengthening the wall, too. But if you just strengthen one brick, because that brick is a part of the wall, you have strengthened the wall. Bible says, so the churches were strengthened in the faith. So in your faith in Christ, are you being strengthened? If so, then you're growing, and the church is growing. But then also... They, the churches also grew daily in numbers. My prayer is that there are some new folk that are listening to me today for the first time. There's some new folk that will be downloading the, in the broadcast and going back and listening to the broadcast. Just, you know, I'm, I'm praying that the numbers increase. Numbers increase. My prayer for those of you that, that, that have been with us, that you are increasing in your wisdom Increasing in your knowledge, increasing in your understanding. Because if that's the case, this church is growing. And you, as a part of the church, as you grow, so grows the church. Now, if you, if you don't grow like you're supposed to as an individual member of the church, you're hindering the church growth. Again, you are part of the church. And what happens, what's going on in you, that's going on in the church. Mm, somebody didn't know that. Right, wrong, or good or bad. What's going on in you is what's going on in the church. If you're not growing as an individual Christian, part of the church is not growing. Why? Because you, 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 you part of it and you're not growing. Two ways a church can grow. What are they? Seeing more people or? and the believers that are strengthened. The Lord bless you, children of God. Heaven smile on you all. Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristensternchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 6 p.m. daily. On talks you call seven two four 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 seven four 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 and try D one seven nine five nine. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talks you homepage. God bless you and heaven smile you in Jesus' name, Amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.